Welcome to the Clifford Chance podcast, where our experts discuss pressing issues and trends faced by the business world today. I'm Viola Lui, a partner in the funds and investment management team of Clifford Chance in Hong Kong. And I'm Ben Law, a senior associate in the funds and investment management team, also here in Hong Kong. So the investment funds industry has gone through a number of far-reaching changes since the global financial crisis. Regulation of financial services has increased in volume in almost every part of the world. Governments have focused their attention on tax structuring, which is leading to an onshoreization of investment funds. And private funds have increasingly become important sources of finance for businesses. This is the first episode of our series focusing on Hong Kong's new limited partnership funds bill. In this first episode, we will first look at the driving forces behind why Hong Kong is establishing a limited partnership fund regime. And in the second part of this episode, we will talk about the history and development of Hong Kong partnership law. Viola, you've been following the development of the Limited Partnership Funds Bill, and you've discussed it in industry associations. The bill was introduced on the 20th of March this year. It has now made its way through Hong Kong's legislative body, the Legislative Council, which is the legislature of Hong Kong. The council, in fact, just before this podcast, has approved the bill, meaning that it will become law very soon. But how did we get here? Why is Hong Kong establishing this limited partnership fund regime now? This move by the Hong Kong government is really a result of regional, but also global developments. Hong Kong is currently the second largest PE centre in Asia, after mainland China. Despite the huge amount of PE capital that is being advised out of Hong Kong, currently there are no PE funds domiciled in Hong Kong, apart from maybe one or a handful less publicised examples. Amid the international trend to align PE fund structures with business substance, we start to see an increased availability and use of onshore fund vehicles. For example, limited partnerships and VCC in Singapore, the open-ended fund company in Hong Kong, and corporate collective investment vehicles in Australia. The increasing use for tax structuring purposes makes these vehicles more familiar and acceptable to international investors. Also, the tax haven taint of offshore funds is increasingly a problem for institutional investors since the OECD's focus on base erosion and profit shifting. And do you think the recent legislative developments in offshore jurisdictions are amplifying this trend? I think so, yes. The offshore economic substance requirements in the Caymans or the BVI don't apply to funds yet, but have the effect of pushing firms onshore. Then there is the Cayman Islands private funds legislation that is coming in this year. While compliance may not be overly onerous, it is another factor that makes people consider onshore alternatives. Against this backdrop, to further develop Hong Kong as an onshore fund hub, as well as a fund management hub, the Hong Kong government has decided to provide a competitive legal, regulatory and tax framework for onshore funds. With the proposal of a new limited partnership fund regime, Hong Kong will, for the very first time, have a fit-for-purpose vehicle for PE funds. And that work started in about 2015, I believe. Yes. The Financial Services Development Council issued a paper on limited partnerships for private equity funds in December 2015. It was announced in the Chief Executive's 2018 policy address and the 2018 
2019 budget that the Hong Kong government would examine the feasibility of introducing a limited partnership regime for funds in Hong Kong to ensure that the industry can stay in line with international requirements on tax cooperation. That is the base erosion and profit shifting package of the OECD, which requires taxation to happen where asset management activities take place while promoting their business. So what are the components that Hong Kong needs to establish itself as a private funds domicile? You need three components, I would say. A limited partnership regime that addresses the needs for private funds, a tax regime that provides the necessary tax environment, both as regards the fund itself, but also for investment in the form of double taxation treaties, and finally, a regulatory regime. And the limited partnership fund bill is the first component. That's right. And that's what we want to focus on today. So Ben, where does Hong Kong's current law on partnerships come from? Hong Kong's partnership law is based on English common law. In England and Wales, partnerships were a popular business entity since at least the 17th century. Private companies gradually became the dominant business entity in the late 19th and early 20th century. But before that, and for some time after that, partnerships were very popular. And what made them so popular then? Well, there were two cases in England on bankruptcy law that gave partnerships a competitive advantage over sole proprietorships, which was the other legal form to organize a business. So in Craven against Knight in 1683, it was held that the assets of a bankrupt partnership should be applied first to repay creditors of the partnership and then to creditors of individual partners only after partnership creditors had been repaid in full. And then in 1715, in ex parte Crowder, it was held that a partner's personal creditors had first priority over his personal assets, and that partnership creditors could only attach those after personal creditors had been fully paid. So this introduced a degree of entity shielding for partnerships, which allowed them to borrow money on better terms than sole traders. So partnership law was for a very long time based on case law until, after 11 years of preparation, the English Partnership Act of 1890 was enacted, and then after that, the Limited Partnerships Act of 1907. That's entirely right, and Hong Kong's law on partnership is still, well, it's still that. It has never materially moved away from the laws it stood in England and Wales at the beginning of the 20th century. Today in Hong Kong, we have the Common Law, the Partnership Ordinance, which is Chapter 38 of the Laws of Hong Kong, and enacted in 1897, and the Limited Partnerships Ordinance, which is, which is Chapter 37 of the Laws of Hong Kong, and which was enacted in 1912. Both ordinances are based on the earlier British Acts of Parliament. What is striking, though, and putting aside the tax and regulatory factors, is that Hong Kong law is not dissimilar to English law. Yet English limited partnerships are used frequently for private funds since the 1990s. When you look at Hong Kong, the number of registered limited partnerships is low. And many of them seem to be for game arcades or mahjong parlours. Yeah, um, I was wondering the same. The current law is maybe not as user-friendly as the law for the Cayman Islands exempted limited partnerships or the Singapore Limited Partnership legislation, each of which was designed with funds in mind. But having said that, 
one could use a limited partnership established under the limited partnerships ordinance to set up a fund in Hong Kong without too many problems, I would say. I would agree with you from a corporate law perspective. The drivers in favour of offshore vehicles were almost certainly tax and regulatory. True, I, th- I think that's right. I suppose private funds in England developed so well because, well, first, the British Venture Capital Association managed to come to an understanding on tax with, the, uh, with Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs in 1987, and offshore jurisdictions were just not as user-friendly at that time as they are maybe now. I think the exempted limited partnership was only introduced in the Cayman Islands in 1991, actually. So it was quite natural for the industry at the time to make the best of the vehicle it had available to it, and that was the English limited partnership. Right. And by the time that private fund management becomes a significant business in Hong Kong and Asia more generally in the early uh, 2000s, The Cayman Islands were well-developed as a fund domicile for US dollar-denominated funds, and technology like email had become widely available. So it was just logical for Hong Kong GPs to use the Cayman Islands and all the tax benefits that it brought. Given how England and the offshore jurisdictions have tailored their partnership regimes to cater specifically for private funds, though, I think it is quite logical for Hong Kong to do the same, to react to the onshoreization trend and the growth of private equity in China uh, that Viola, you mentioned earlier. And really, when you do so, the substantive issues for funds with the current law in Hong Kong are more or less the same as the issues one had in England prior to the private fund limited partnership regime, which came in 2017. So, for example, under the current regime in Hong Kong, first of all, any change to the partners and the sum contributed by any partner has to be registered. And this change would be on the public record. And eight Hong Kong dollars for every 1,000 Hong Kong dollars of a capital contribution would be payable as a filing fee. Secondly, each limited partner has to contribute an amount to the partnership at the time of entering into the partnership. And thirdly, A limited partner may not receive back its capital contribution during the continuance of the partnership, and if a limited partner receives a return of its contributions, it remains liable for such amount. Well, although traditionally these three points were solved in England and Wales by structuring contributions by limited partners as loans. Right, that that is correct. And also, well, fourthly, A person dealing with a limited partnership is entitled to treat persons that have ceased to be members as members of the firm until they have actual notice of the change. Fifthly, it is not clear whether limited partners have to account for profits from competing business. And finally, there is no white list of actions that a limited partner can take and not be regarded as having become involved in the management of the partnership. When you look at the Hong Kong Limited Partnership Fund Bill, it actually addresses all these issues. First, Section 7 sets out the eligibility criteria for a fund to be registered as a limited partnership fund. It does not require immediate contribution of capital. Secondly, there is no provision requiring a registration of capital contributions. Instead, Section 29 requires that a detailed register of partners is maintained by a specified person that will include this information. Section 30 makes it clear that the register is not public, but requires disclosure to regulatory and law enforcement agencies in Hong Kong. And thirdly, 
Section 17 explicitly allows withdrawals of capital contributions. In Section 3, subsection 3 of the Limited Partnership Ordinance, which created the issue of the liability for withdrawn cap contributions, which really would happen in any PE fund when distributions are made after disposals, it's not repeated and does not apply. And in short, without going into much additional detail, the additional points are also dealt with, and in particular, the bill includes a whitelist. So the bill fixes all the known issues that would have made operating a fund under the Limited Partnerships Ordinance difficult. Does it do more than that? The bill effectively creates a standalone fund regime with provisions from registration procedures, record-keeping, and winding up to migration of existing Hong Kong-established limited partnerships. The provisions are the result of some extensive consultations. So for now, the general consensus is that the new regime is very workable. Market participants will certainly become more familiar with the processes once they start using the new regime. So we're looking forward to testing the regime. The current aim is to have it available at the end of August. But until then, we'll come back with more episodes, specifically about the tax and regulatory framework that interacts with the new partnership regime for funds here in Hong Kong. Absolutely. In the meantime, if you have been listening to this episode and you have questions or ideas, please do not hesitate to email one of us. It would be great to hear from you. You have been listening to the Clifford Chance podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast by visiting cliffordchance.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Thank you.